Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Sports Saturday. Saturday, a presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, one hundred two point seven FM and eleven sixty AM. Welcome back in. Hour number three. Here we go on a Cougar Sports Saturday. Spring football coming your way on Monday. We'll be down there. We'll have our usual coverage on KSLSports.com. Of course, we'll have the recap video on Twitter. So if you don't follow KSL Sports on Twitter, Instagram, highly recommend so we can give you all the spring football content that we can. Excited to see just the... Little random pieces that you'll see, number changes, who's transformed their body, all, all those things. So we'll touch on some more springfall in a moment. Right now, let's uh, turn our attention to hoops. In the midst of a WCC tournament, they have to win this thing to go to the NCAA tournament. Is there a scenario in which they can get to the NIT, in your opinion, maybe if they get to the championship game? I think they can, and I don't think they have to get to the championship game. I think that if they win tonight against LMU, they're in, and then play against St. Mary's. I think they get in. I do. I think maybe they'd be like the last team in as a 19-win team, but I think BYU's got a good enough brand, and I think that you know their their metrics are good enough by NIT standards uh, to suggest that. I know that Cougar fans hearing this are like NIT bubble talk. What? I think this season, everyone understood that this was going to be a transition year. Uh, Mark Pope was pretty open and honest that this team was going to have their struggles, and some of that is because of Mark. Like he, they, they missed on uh, some transfer portal targets that would have changed the fortunes of this team, and then losing disastrous games to Pepperdine and losing to South Dakota, uh, you know, kind of put them in a hole. If you just win those two games, you got twenty wins, and we're probably talking about them being an NIT lock already. So, you know, I think that BYU, if they can get to Monday night and be 40 minutes away from facing a St. Mary's team that they've gone, you know, toe-to-toe with already twice and been very competitive with, uh, who's to say that BYU couldn't pull off that upset maybe? I mean, we've seen this BYU team plays well against ranked competition. They rise to the occasion. It's just they can't finish the job. I want them to get that rubber mat or that, that third opportunity and kind of see what they can do 
against St. Mary's again, but they got to get it done tonight against LMU, who's not going to be any slouch. 8 p.m. tip here on KSL News Radio and ESPN2 on television. LMU has uh, got a dynamic guard in Cam Shelton and their big man, Asanza, who was missing in that Provo meeting. He's a seven footer. He'll be available tonight. So uh, this will be a tough test for BYU. They just got to find a way to grind it out. And I, I'm very curious to see if they can win the close game because they haven't proven to do that this season. They have to do one thing in particular tonight. It's rebound the ball. It's just, it's incredible how when this team rebounds the ball well, they seem to find a way. And they rebounded the ball extremely well against Portland. I I do believe that's the reason they won the game. And when they had that winning streak in December, Mitch, it wasn't because they were shooting the lights out. Because they were out-rebounding teams by 10, 15. Like, if they want to beat LMU tonight, I think a lot's being made right now of the 50 points in the second half. And that was great. They shot the ball well. Awesome. Yeah. But... They can't necessarily control if they if they shoot at sixty percent. That's just it doesn't work that way in basketball. You can control the effort. You can't control the effort, particularly on the glass. They can out rebound LMU by seven, eight, nine, ten. I think they'll win, but that's what I'm gonna pay attention to the most is with the seven footer back. Can they rebound? They're gonna be undersized. Can they hold their own on the glass? That will be uh, an important thing, but I do have some confidence they can do that because despite their issues in the size department, BYU has done a nice job in rebounding the ball this year. So that is one of the things that I, I do believe they could uh, fare well still. But, uh, you know, I'm curious, what do you think would be a successful tournament run here in the WCC tournament? Do they have to get to Monday night and then just kind of let it play out? If they get to semifinal Monday, that's a success? Or. Do you feel like they got to get to the championship round to feel like this is a success? I think they have to get to the championship round, mm. bitch. I just beating LMU and then who would they have after that? St. Mary's be, on Monday. Okay, it'd be St. Mary's. Yeah, I, I just because they've played St. Mary's and Gonzaga so close in all four meetings, they've had they were never out of those games. But they went 0 and 4. Like They can't go 0-5 against those teams and me feel like, yeah, it was a good year. You went 0-5 against those teams, and then you also have losses to Santa Clara and Pepperdine, and we go on and on. They had a losing record in WCC play. Anything short of the championships, I'm just not going to feel good about it. Whether or not that's fair, it's probably not fair. Because the WCC is a much better league than I think a lot of people would ever give them credit for. It is this year, yeah. For sure it is, but it, it's still the WCC. Like, at, at the end of the day, you and I, look, I've got an iPad here at the station. I We're wearing Apple Watches. We have iPhones. Even if some other Android phone company was going to come out the greatest phone in the world, we'd still be buying iPhones. Yes. And I feel like that that's still the battle for the WCC, and it's always going to be. So... It's not going to change, even even though it's a better league and I should give them more credit. You should beat Santa Clara. <laughs> you should beat Pepperdine. You should win a game against St. Mary's. Like Gonzaga, to me, is a whole other thing. They're, you can make a case in the past 10 years, are they the best basketball program in the country? Probably, yeah. right? You can't say that about St. Mary's. you you got to be splitting worst case against St. Mary's. When, when BOU came to this league, Mitch, did you feel like 
you had struggled to beat St. Mary's? No. No. You no, thought no. you'd come in and compete for titles. That hasn't happened. And and that's the expectation. I don't think it's unreasonable. How will you look back at, in the West Coast Conference era? And I bring that up because, you know, tonight could be um, the, you know, end. The, the end. And, I mean, it's going to end no matter what on, on Tuesday if, if they get that far. I mean, it's it's a wrap. BYU will no longer be a WCC team after this year. They'll be off to the Big 12. Do you think that BYU basketball has advanced its brand, the, the the program? I mean, just when you reflect on the WCC, what's going to stand out to you? Because for me, Matt, it just feels like this was a, a decade plus that BYU kind of wandered the wilderness a little bit. And, like, the, the brand is still good. It's solid. But it was so dang hard to get into that NCAA tournament because there was no margin for error. And as Tim Lacombe, a former BYU assistant coach, has said on our show before, chasing Gonzaga was like chasing ghosts because they were one of the best programs in the country. So you're just stuck in no man's land and you're thinking, ah, this was just, it was just a strange, strange 10 plus years. How, how do you look back on this WCC era? It was a failure. Failure, really? Failure, yeah. Uh, Gonzaga, what Tim Lacombe said was definitely correct. But you know what's also correct? They weren't Gonzaga when BYU joined the league. It's 100% the Gonzaga correct. that we know today is not the Gonzaga that was there when BYU walked in. BYU beat them in the round of 32. They were Cinderella back then. Blew them out in yeah. the round of 32. Yeah. So that next year, I know, look, that next year was tough because you lost Jimmer. You lost, it wasn't just Jimmer. Like that team was so senior laden. Kyle Collinsworth goes on a mission. Like, there was a lot of change. I get that. But they should have won a championship in the WCC before Gonzaga turned into what they had become. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a recruiting gap or the planning wasn't there, but they missed that window in the first two or three years. Gonzaga seized control, and then the stars never aligned when they had the talented teams, Derek Mika and Nick Emery and TJ Haas. So I just feel like, man... A failure because the program was in such a good place in the Mountain West. Even before, it wasn't like in the Mountain West, Mitch, they had one good year with Jimmer and then, yeah, Like, they had some good teams before Jimmer. They were going to the NCAA tournament. And then the WCC, it's just they get, they got lost. And, and I'm sure that element that Tim Lacombe talked about many weeks ago, small gyms, underwhelming. We're, we're used to going to the pit. We're used to going to uh, Thomas and Mac, and now we're, yeah, it's great that Malibu's right by the beach, but there's no one at the game. Yeah. So I, I'm sure that played a role, but it was a failure. The The basketball program is in a worse place, and, and that might be a little harsh because if they, in 2019, had gotten to the tournament and the pandemic doesn't happen, maybe things change. But as of right now, we're looking at not winning the WCC tournament, I mean, it would be a shock if they won the WCC yeah. tournament, wouldn't it? No question. Total shock. It would be a total shock. So if they bow out early and, and they don't get to that championship game and they had never really sniffed a championship, how do you see it other than a failure? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I, I just I, I, I feel like I, I try to avoid the failure line because they had no other options, you know, because they wanted to go to the WAC. They wanted to have the, the football independent and go to the WAC and bring in San Diego State to the WAC. Utah State was still in the whack at that time. It would have been, I don't know what the membership would have looked like in that whack. I, I, it's kind of feels like ancient history at this point now, but 
Uh, you know, the WCC was a landing spot for BYU in this in this situation. I think there's there should be they're grateful for that sense, and I think BYU's athletic department as a whole got better in the WCC. It's just the the main property in the WCC for BYU regressed, and that was basketball. Whereas women's volleyball got better. Women's soccer became a national powerhouse. A lot of great programs that were great before the WCC got elevated, being in the West Coast Conference at BYU. But basketball, it just felt like they were in no man's land because they were nowhere near the levels of Gonzaga when Gonzaga got rolled into blue blood status. And then you just had no margin for error because it's still tough for fans, and I always point to this, Matt. I think it's just still tough for Cougar fans and just the casual basketball fan to comprehend BYU losing to Pepperdine. Losing, like, that just doesn't compute. That would have been, like, a disastrous loss when BYU was in the Mountain West. These were the type of money games where there was no return visit. These programs would come to the Marriott Center for a one-off, and then they would never have a return visit. And then you're suddenly in the same league as these teams, and it feels like the Marriott Center didn't become invincible anymore. That was always a shock to me because in the Mar- in, in the Mountain West, the Marriott Center, no one won in that building. No one. And maybe that was just the greatness of those teams, but some great Mountain West teams, UNLVs, uh, New Mexico's, rarely did they come into the in Provo and win. And then the last 10 or so years, it's felt like three to four times a year, Teams are winning in the Marriott Center. You go, how does this happen? Like, I know you can't go undefeated every year at home. I get that. College basketball is tough. I get it. But that just, that to me was was kind of surprising. And I feel like Mark Pope's done a nice job in kind of reestablishing dominance at home. They've been a pretty good home team with the exception of a few head-scratching losses. But, uh, you know, that to me was probably the most puzzling uh, thing in the WCC was just trying to comprehend an LMU rolling into Provo and winning. I remember that first year in the WCC, and it was like, how does LMU win here? Like, no one wins in this building, and they did? It, it just Sometimes you fall victim to that brand and that logo, and credit to the WCC, they've gotten a lot better. Yeah. But just, you're right, though. There's there's no respect for that league, and no matter what, we can say till we're blue in the face, oh, there's there's a lot of veteran teams, they're, they're experienced, but when it comes to margin for error... You're not in the NCAA tournament hunt. BYU at 18 and 14 with a seven and nine conference record in the Big 12. They're in the. We're talking about them as an at-large team right now. They're comfortably in the <laughs> yeah. NCAA tournament, and that's going to be so rewarding in the Big 12. Matt is that average record-wise seasons will be rewarded still. Like I don't get hung up by the fact that Kansas is a juggernaut in the Big 12. I don't care because you still have a margin for error in the Big 12. Whereas in this league, having a juggernaut like Gonzaga with a stranglehold hold over the conference leaves no margin for error for anyone like a BYU to operate and hope for something special. And that's what's been difficult about these past decade plus in the West Coast Conference. Let's look ahead to the Big 12 tournament next year. Nate Slack, we got to get him in here. Put together a great list of, of what we can I love look this forward story. to uh, next year. We'll do that next. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. 
on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into Cougar Sports Saturday. We're having a good time here. Breaking down Big 12 Eats. Yeah, Big 12 Eats. The Big 12 <laughs> tournaments can have these fun team specific items on the food menu. We got thinking about what BYU's food specific item will be. This, of course, coming on the heels of. Well, BYU basketball is in the WCC tournament tonight. Uh, they're playing LMU in Las Vegas. The Big 12 tournament's in Kansas City. Last visit to the Orleans Arena, and I got to say, when we were talking about how we will not miss the Orleans Arena, my wife, she texts me, and it's kind of this fun inside joke in our family, but uh, last year my kids, well, a couple years ago, they for the BYU-Arizona game in football, they stayed at the Orleans and the the smells of the, the Orleans are a little bit different scent than what maybe a six year old and an eight year old are used to. Let's put it this way: it doesn't smell like a Caesar's Palace. All right, <laughs> yes. it doesn't smell like uh, you know a good wholesome suburban Utah neighborhood. All right, the Orleans <laughs> a different vibe, and the vibes are not immaculate. But so my son last year when they went to the Notre Dame game. He drove past that with my, my wife's driving, and, and he's with them. And, and he said, Mom, that's where BYU plays basketball games. That's a nasty area. It's a nasty area. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I don't think anyone's going to knock you, son. Lincoln, you're, you're, you're right. Every BYU fan would agree the Orleans <laughs> Arena area is uh, not very great. But I think maybe our food picks for this Big 12 Eats, B- BYU's food item in next year's Big 12 tournament, those are going to be pretty great. Uh, yes. what, do, what do you got, Matt? Hold what, on. Before we get yeah. to that, Mitch, we got to finish the list. We've only been to okay. three schools. I'm so excited for this. Yes. As you can tell. And and look, there's still some time. We're getting a lot of texts on what BYU should contribute to Big 12 Eats. So text us 57500 to let us know what you think BYU should contribute to the Big 12 Eats menu. Right now we've gotten the Baylor float. The Iowa State Cyclones Tenderloin Sandwich, Jayhawks Mac and Cheese. That's where we left off. So we got seven more to go. Then we're going to give our thoughts on what BYU should add to Big 12 Eats. Keep going, Nate. We got the K State's Wabash Cannon Dog. Mm. That's bacon wrapped jumbo hot dog topped with wildcat purple relish. Ooh, that sounds good. Not too That's, bad. Okay. That's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm in. Anything. Hey, we know how you feel about dogs, man. I hate dogs. Boil the dog, you, you heathens. <laughs> I hate them. Even my wife will make me get them for sometimes from Costco, and it pains me to watch them pull it out of the boiling water. Ugh. Every time I eat a hot dog now, I bring you up to someone that I'm eating it with. I see my co-host on Cougar Sports Saturday hates boiled hot dogs. That's great. Okay, keep going. Keeping on with the list, we got Stormin' from Norman, Oklahoma Tacos. That's fried bread topped with ground beef, shredded lettuce, chopped tomatoes, beans, onions, and chili. Okay, I'm in on that. Yeah, that's, I'm in. that's good. That's some good stuff right there. Pistol Pete's Ohio uh, OSU fried corn elote style yes. bacon fried corn topped with yes. crushed Doritos. I'm in. Let's, that's that's Big Twelve living right there. <laughs> TCU loaded tots, tater tots, spicy queso sauce, chopped house smoked brisket, pico de gallo topped with horn frog purple sour cream. Yes, sign oh. me up. Hypno toad action coming right there. That's good. Longhorn quesadilla, the triple cheese quesadilla, steak or chicken with burnt orange salsa rojo sauce. Okay, eh, that's yeah, all right. It's I'm interested by the sauce, so- the salsa. You were expecting more, yeah, like, because it's Texas. Texas. We've been expecting more. Exactly, Texas that's what I was going to do. Their football team's uh, like, uh, you know, they they should be so much better than that, but uh, 
It's okay. I'll, I'll take my kids would love that pick. They'd love the quesadilla. The Tex Masked Rider Burger, all patty, all beef patty, cheddar, fried onion ring, sweet pickled jalapenos, and Red Raiders barbecue. Yeah, sauce. this is me. <laughs> you get a jalapeno, you get a burger. Like I'm in. Let's go. Let's onion ring. Let, that's that's me. I'm all over that. And then last, but certainly not least, the West Virginia Mountain Roll, sliced pepperoni and mozzarella cheese in a soft roll. Yes, okay. sign me up. Isn't that like a that's a West Virginia specialty, right? I mean, that's kind of like their like the pepperoni rolls. Like Nebraska has the Runza. I remember trying that in 2015. I remember Boney Fuller had the the recommendation. And I tweeted out, "Hey, Boney, I'm here at the Runza." He's like, "Yes, well done, Mitch. Thanks, Boney, for coming out of the grave to tweet at me. Thank you." <laughs> okay, before we get to ours, and again, you can text us your thoughts five seven five zero zero. Let me go through the text we have quickly. Okay, and I do want to say before I read the texts. My idea, I'm, I share with one of the texters. Oh, okay. So, here we go. This would be texter 5581, something involving fry sauce. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's a good point. But what would it, what, what with fry sauce is what I'm wondering. Here's the next one. 9264, shredded pork roast, piled on funeral potatoes, smothered with fry sauce. There's a little too much going on there. That's yeah. a lot of different things. Meat. Potatoes, potatoes, cheese, though, and fry sauce. I will say, like, I was kind of leaning there. You know, <laughs> potatoes, just a little tease. Okay, here's another one. 89.53. Chunky sausage biscuit and gravy sprinkled with ba- uh, maple bacon bits. I, I think of a good, you know, like Sunday breakfast, general conference Sunday. <laughs> that's, that's that's where they need to go. Yes, the that's general, the general The conference. biscuits and gravy. That's a Casserole. general conference Sunday staple. Someone says, I'm on, I'm on is board. there any question? A cougar tail. Now, you can't just show up to this with just a but donut. I will say that. You'd have to have bacon on it. If it's true to BYU, we're kind of known for our treats, right? They're going to nourish and strengthen us. Like, we, 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 we get together when we have, like, you know, when we have any sort of thing, we got treats. Then you're going to love this we next one. We got refreshments. You're going to love this next one. This is 4073. Mint brownies, the BYU Pac-12 special, <laughs> cream cookie dough, brownies, and caramel. I don't that know. Why, be, I don't that, know how the Pac-12 comes into that. But probably Big Twelve is what he meant. Yeah, big. You're right. The Big but Twelve special. He or she meant. I, I would. That's that might be the pick. I mean, those mint brownies. Mark Pope, his wife has literally told him, "You got to stop. You got to stop eating those mint brownies." Even Mark Pope's come up to us and said, "You look <laughs> these mint brownies, man. <laughs> There's something special in these." One more text, then let's get to Nate Slack. A special swig drink. Oh, that's I, I a thought game that. changer. What, I thought so about what that. did you what did you end oh, up with? What would my. you contribute, Nate? So my that's second place level. was a swig drink, and it was going to be a maple bar flavored. Because oh. you can tie that into the cougar tail. That's Ooh. interesting. Like maybe a root beer base with a little maple hint. Yeah. So interesting. That, that was a tough one, but I, I, I'm going to be boring. I think it's going to be the cougar dog or, or the, the, the brat tail, right? So you got yeah. the maple bar. It, it already exists. It's at the games. You got cougar tails as the buns, and the maple is facing in. You can get this today. And then you have a bratwurst in the middle. You can get it today. Nate, how did we not know this? I've never know. heard of this before. It's Guys, at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Yeah, it's at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It is the messiest brought. We're all getting have. this for the opener against Sam Houston. I think, Do they have this at baseball games too? Because if they I, do, I, we I might have know. to try it they in the might. springtime. You're right. They might have it, but you just got to be aware. You got to get a bunch of napkins because when you have maple that's warm, it gets so sticky and it gets all over the place. Hmm. 
So it's good. So it might be it's messy. It's ideal to do it in the spring. You don't want to do this on a hot August, <laughs> late August <laughs> afternoon. All right, Mitch, what do you got? Okay. Someone did say it. I am going funeral potatoes. I'm calling them Cosmos Big 12 potatoes. <laughs> uh, you can say like yeah. a, a cougar tail brown on top. I don't even know what you put on them. I've never made them. I'm not a cook. Like I, I don't know how to describe food. Matt in the break is like, are you typing up what you're going to say? I said, yes, because I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how to cook. I don't know how to make anything. But uh, funeral potatoes, Cosmos Big 12 potatoes, that's what I'm calling them. We are too much alike. It Sometimes it makes me sick. I also went with funeral potatoes here. <laughs> I don't have a name for them, but here's I've got funeral potatoes topped with brisket and bacon. And then yeah. on top of all of that, locally made beehive cheese oh. from the Beehive Cheese Company. I, right on top beehive of that. Beehive Cheese Company. It's How did lo- I miss this? It's a local cheese company. To make. Okay. So keep it local. So you and I both went funeral potatoes. Look at us. We didn't even plan that. We did not discuss that in the break, but <laughs> someone just texted in Crown Burger. Guys, I appreciate the text, but we can't just take a local Whoa. chain and take it to Big 12 Whoa. Eats. If it's Provo, it's Burger Supreme, okay? It's not Crown Burger there in Provo. I do love Burger Supreme. Burger Supreme's a good spot. It's a good <laughs> spot. That's, that's a, that's, I remember that place. I mean, you could have went like DP Cheesesteaks. That was another Provo staple for a while. Yeah, you, Bur- uh, Burger Supreme, though, is the Provo one. It'd be interesting to see if this happens next year, though, for real. Because then you're going to have UCF, yes, Cincinnati. Got to go probably a seafood thing with UCF, right? hundred percent, like a like a shrimp roll or something. Cincinnati's got to be the chili and the cheese, right? That it's it's the chili and spaghetti or whatever. Yeah. Chili and spaghetti. That's what they do, like skyline chili. I think. What is Houston going to bring? Some kind of barbecue, right? Yeah, it's got to be Houston's. Houston's kind of boring to me. Joining the Big 12, just a side tangent. Like they're kind of, it's like uh, they don't bring much. But you're like, oh, it's you still don't Texas. bring much except one of the best basketball programs in the country right I, now. But <laughs> eh, whatever, right? I just don't think their fan base is that engaged for but, sure. But but yes, I, I think that something barbecue would be Houston or maybe, um, hey, just bring out Whataburger if you're Houston. I'll I, tell you I, what, I, though, a lot of that I think the swig angle is actually the right angle because there, there's not a, a great drink on here. You just got DP and vanilla ice cream from Baylor. You came in with Swig is borderline a natural phenomenon. Like when people come it's in here, Texas now, yeah. When people at the Super Bowl, Swig, I was seeing Swigs all over the place down in in Phoenix, Arizona. Do you ever go to Swig in Phoenix? Yeah. So it's kind of tough because it's in the southeastern part. I lived in the north. People made part. their way. See, they made their that- way. Yeah. It's 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 at least a twenty five minute drive to the closest Swig. From the what would be stadium. your preferred base of a? Because look, it's got Diet Coke for BYU. Yeah, but Diet Coke's also got that negative connotation. Like, can you be drinking that? There's caffeine it's in got, it. If it's gonna be true to BYU, it's gotta be Diet Coke. Diet Coke with what? What are you putting in it to make it a, a Cougar Coke? I am not a culinary expert, Matt. You were the one. How do you describe all that funeral <laughs> potatoes? Oh, Dave, I would go Dave, Diet Coke. You heathen. Diet Coke, lime, and pineapple. Bordop Dave just said Pepsi. Get that's, that out, that's of, get that out of here. Give me a break. That's, no one, that's, no one that's drinks up Pepsi. On the hill. No one drinks that. That's up on the hill. The only thing saving Pepsi is Dew. Mountain Dew. That's it. I mean, who's, who's, who's pounding a, a Pepsi Max? Come on. No one's drinking Big that. Big 12 doesn't seem like a Dew a territory, does it? 
No, that's more. It's a dark. It's a dark soda part of the Mountain country. Mountain Dew is more in the Rocky Mountain states, the, the <laughs> BYU's, the Utah states, the Boise's. Like we're into our Dew in the front and the Wasatch Front. Like that's that's where we like our Dew. But uh, this you know, segment came at a horrible time because I am starving. We're oh, way past lunch. We are. We are just. Hungry. We're we've watched some BYU women's basketball. They're in action right now against San Francisco. But yeah, we are just hungry. Let's let's wrap this up with this. Of everything we just discussed, what's the first thing you're going to order? Because for me, it's Jayhawks Jayhawks mac and cheese. Tex Masked Rider Burger. Texas Tech. I'm going. With Nate. That one. I'm getting the mac and cheese as well. Yeah, yeah the Jayhawks mac and cheese just looks phenomenal. Power Five living, man. I cannot Part wait. Part of living high life. I cannot wait. Look at wait. this food menu. Can we get Big 12 Eats at the media day in, in July? I think we Sample need to. Sample all this stuff. We need to hit up your mark and be like, hey, we'll be the host. Hashtag Big 12 Eats. We'll make it a show. I love that idea. And Matt, Nate, we'll, all three of it. We'll tackle it. Let's just host Big 12 Eats. We're just I'm, eating food. I'm down. Let's go. Hey, guys. We're at the T-Mobile Center here in Kansas City. We're just going to eat all the Big 12 <laughs> Eats menu. I cannot wait. I cannot wait for Big 12 Brett McMurphy last week gave us recommendations for Oklahoma State, so I cannot wait. Yeah, it's 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 gonna be a lot of fun, and to be in a league where you're gonna have those those traditions each year, and you know, I think that's what's cool. This Big Twelve Eats idea is that it can be kind of a fun tradition. Like, hey, go to the tournament and have these cool items every year at the tournament. I think it's just a, a really smart idea. And again, Brett Yormark showing he wants to kind of cater to a younger, hipper demographic and. Make this kind of a tent pole event and bring in more revenue than ever before because the old line of thinking, uh, that's not going to get it done. You got to be getting people's attention spans and being willing to pay a premium to get their butts in the seats. And hey, food will do the job if it's if it's good and it's unique and it looks good on Instagram. They'll come. They oh, will yeah. show up. All right, let's take a final break. Cougar Tales on the other side gets to some stories, news, and notes from around the world of BYU. Back after this. Welcome back to Cougar Sports Saturday. We got a great text. You can text us at 57500. <laughs> Matt, again, the Big 12 Eats, the conversation was a lot of fun. If you missed any of it, go to the Cougar Sports Saturday podcast on KSLSports.com. We got a late text in with a suggestion for what BYU's team-specific items should be on that Big 12 Eats menu next year. 0400. The old Mormon dinner roast. <laughs> Beef. Carrots, onions, everyone loves it. <laughs> Who didn't have that on a Sunday night? I mean, I've come had on, that a lot. Come on, we all had that. That's that. If you're gonna go true to the core of BYU, that's a pretty good pick, Matt. I mean, everyone. I love the name too. That's what it's Big Twelve eats. <laughs> the old Mormon dinner roast. <laughs> that's what sells it. Great text. Oh man, great that's text. funny. That is good stuff. All right, let's. Let's pivot here to uh, some cougar, some cougar tales, baby, with our producer Nate Slack. What do you got? Yes, yeah, so women's hoops is in action right now against San Francisco in the WCC tournament, and they currently trail at the half, twenty-six to twenty-seven. But Lauren Gusson has two points, but sixteen rebounds in the what? first half. First half, sixteen boards, sixteen boards, which is wild. Jeez, she she is incredible. I, she wasn't honored at Senior Day last week. I hope she's back for next year in year one of the Big 12 because you pair her up with that young talent that's coming in. Amber Whiting could have a squad in, in that first season in the Big 12. Yeah. Uh, number, number eight men's volleyball. 
was in Phoenix right now for a two-match series against number two, Grand Canyon. They were swept last night 3-0, but they got another shot at it tonight at 6 o'clock. Good for them. Uh, men's volleyball, for me, I tune in a little later on as, as the stakes get, uh, stakes get going, but love that they're ranked in the top ten, and let's hope and wish that they maintain relevant. Do you remember a couple of years ago they were just going to national championship games yeah. year after year? They couldn't break through. I'd love to see them break through. They play someone like Who Ohio State. Who's that one that they're like the Flyers? They're not Dayton, but like Ryder or something. There's some obscure team that only plays volleyball. I, 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 I Memory's escaping me right now, but they lost to someone in the title that was an obscure school. But, yeah, they just come close. Where's that Antunesi Assessi or what was that guy's name in 1999 when they won the title? They need someone like that yeah. again to break through so they can win another title. But uh, Olmsted's always going to have BYU in the hunt. Baseball is in action this weekend. It's their first home series of the season, and they're looking to complete the sweep today. And their next home game is going to be against Utah on Tuesday, March 14th. BYU baseball and college baseball and just in general, it, it's such a unique dynamic. You know, I was thinking about that. You go, oh, they've had like a four-game skid. Or any sort of losing streak. You you do that in football, everyone's ready to panic. Everyone's ready to fire everyone. Baseball, it's a journey, man. There's like 50 games. It takes time. It's 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 all a new staff. Like it's gonna work itself out. This is kind of like basketball, men's basketball, where it's a transition year. Kind of show proof of concept a little bit and build towards the Big 12. It's just, it's just a different year. I don't have much high expectations for BYU in year uh, this year under Trent Pratt for year one. But uh, show me the kind of like the proof of what this staff can potentially be going into the Big 12 next year. Here's my big question with baseball. How do they do it as a student athlete? They were they were in the South for like 11 days or something. How do they go to class? They got game, They got like four games a week. Isn't that funny? Because like. then that's like the, the calling card for all these playoff delays, you know, in football. What about the student athlete? They can't possibly go a week. With, and then baseball is just Baseball is playing grinding. a game every day, it seems like. Yeah, the first like five weeks of the season are all on the road. They can't I, play in Utah yet. I think COVID changed everything with how we view the student athlete and its workspace and all that of we don't workspace. view them as a student anymore. Well, well, we just all of us we can do everything remotely. I mean, yeah. there's not yeah. many jobs where you can't do it in some capacity remotely. And same with students. Now. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and then wrapping it up with BYU uh, BYU softball, they're playing in Utah for the first time this season in the Trailblazer Tournament in St. George at Utah Tech. Uh, the Cougars went two and one. They're currently up uh, by a run in the in the last half of the inning uh, of their game. Their first home game is is coming up though against Utah. And I don't know if you guys know, but there's some juice between BYU and Utah and softball. Uh, BYU won by a walk off homer a couple of years ago, mm. and then last year the game was rained out and Utah refused to reschedule the game. Oh, and boy. that likely I kept BYU that. out of the NCAA tournament. Incredible. Yeah, I forgot that. That's a good pull. All right, good stuff for producer Nate Slack, for Mitch Harper. Welcome back. Glad to have you back. Matt Biamonte, our producer Dave Meekham. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.